13. Man. Okay. All right. Luke chapter 13. Man, Cody, like, I don't know what he did to my iPad up here. It's like drawing on it and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I think my message is still here. I hope it's still there. Oh, my goodness gracious. Luke 13, verse 18. We put up the podcast for two weeks in a row last Monday. And uh, if you haven't got a chance to listen to it and you weren't here last week, go back and listen to it. We talked about, does anybody remember the title? Verses, it would have been verses 1 through 17. Luke 13, we just started that chapter. Anybody remember the title? What fruit? Yeah, what fruit? And we, we dove in there talking about what does fruit look like in our Christian lives? And Jesus gives us some interesting uh, stories here in the beginning, um, beginning of chapter 13. And he talks about the, uh, I think it's the fig tree. Whether or not, you know, the, the guy that's in charge of the vineyard, in charge of the farm, if you will, if he should dig it up or leave it. And he says, hey, let's give it one more year. Let's, let's wait one more year and see if this thing brings about fruit. And, and my challenge to you all last week was the fact that this is, this has been building. Through the book of Luke, Jesus has been teaching us something. And what he's been teaching us is the fact that he's coming back. So you have to consider it and put it in this context. He, was, he knew he was going to die. He knew he was going to the cross. He knew that he was going to ascend up to the right hand of the Father. And then from there, John 14, we knew that he's coming again. So he's preparing these disciples. They had no clue. Hey, Matt, good to see you, bud. He's preparing them for something. And, and they weren't aware. They really didn't know. But he says to this in this parable to them that there's going to be a year that we're going to see if it grows. And so my admonition to you as a church is let's focus on our spiritual growth. Let's focus on our kingdom resources in our life and what God is going to do with that in our lives. Because it is not about the physical. It is not about... Uh, what you can build as far as your bank account or your relationships as it pertains to what you can get out of them. It's about kingdom deposits. It's about how do your relationships contribute into the kingdom of God? How do they translate into souls? And we, I, I feel like we built a, a scriptural foundation for what fruit looks like um, last week. So it was a lot of scripture, uh, a lot of information, and a little clause here. All of the messages should have a ton of information, should be almost information overload. We're going through the Bible. It's an exposition. It's, this is what's there. This is what's in the text. And so my hope, my prayer is that it spurs you to study. It spurs you to say, hey, I'm going to read Luke chapter 13 this week over and over, and I'm going to try to glean, and I'm going to be right there with Pastor Matt, because it's not about what happens in this 45 minutes or 30 minutes or 20 if I'm having a really good day. Uh, It's not about this time. It's about what does this time uh, contribute to your kingdom lifestyle during the week. Does that make sense? So I'm hoping that you're digging. Man, that's a lot of info. That's a lot of this. Go back and listen to it. Go back and go to each scripture and read and, and try to figure out where you land in that process. So the process was fruit. The process was in that one year that the vineyard owner uh, was going to leave that tree there to see if it would grow fruit or not 
That's the year that you're living in right now. That's the season that you're in. The season of life, the church age, this dispensation of time that God has put us in is, are you going to bear fruit or are you not? Are you going to be something that remains or are you going to be something that is burnt up, if you will, when the Lord comes back? I hope that all of you will remain. And I gave a very... Uh, short snippet as to what that would look like in this context in our church, and that's, are you going to be here in a year? If we measured your life, spiritually speaking, just in the next 365 days, would you still be in the pew? And then we went to different passages of Scripture, and we talked about what does fruit look like? If you're going to still be there, that was the requirement. Is that tree what? Producing. So what does that look like for you? Well, it looks like it seems as though Uh, The Great Commission, the commandments that are given throughout the the Old Covenant and the New, really push us to sharing our faith. Really push us to duplicating, replicating ourselves, letting the Holy Spirit of God work through His fruits in our life that produce other believers, other Christians. Um, So we talked about that fruit looks like other Christians. Fruit looks like the fruits of the Spirit. And I think that that's a big point of contention for Christians in this day and age. They're trying to grow spiritual fruit with temporal means. They're trying to produce spirituality in their lives with pride and with anger. You can get mad at the way our country is all you want, but it's not going to produce spirituality that will affect it positively. Right? Do you understand what I'm saying? Anger's not going to produce the fruit that you need, but peace will, love will. If you look at Bethlehem's Creed, those are principles that are really fruits of the Spirit working and playing out in your life. So what is that going to look like? What fruit? Well, fruit of other Christians. What fruit? Fruits of the Spirit that are going to help you in uh, your process. And so let me ask you this. Are you growing? Are you thriving, spiritually speaking? And are you reproducing yourself? Who has God led you to? What, are, what is their name? Is it a family member? Is it a coworker? Who is God leading you to minister to? God doesn't lead you to just minister to yourself. God doesn't lead you to uh, have a relationship with just you and Him. This is a process. This is a commission that He's given you, and He wants you to take this to someone else, not hoard it. And that's the... The whole context of grace, the the whole purpose of believing that we're saved by grace is for you to understand that you don't have the market cornered on it, is that it's for everybody. And that if you're saved, if you believe, then God is going to use your life and the fruits of the Spirit in your life to save someone else. If Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost, then we are to be Christ-like, we're to seek and to save that which is lost. Correct? Okay, great. Awesome. (laughs) Glad we're all on the same page. Luke chapter 13, that's a little uh, review. 18 through 35. The reason I review is because it's going to fit perfectly into this week's lesson here in the next passage. Look at verse 18 in Luke chapter 13. Then said he, Unto what is the kingdom of God like? And whereunto shall I resemble it? It is like a grain of mustard seed which a man took, cast into the garden, and grew it, and it waxed a great tree. And the fowls of the air lodged in the branches of it. And again he said, Whereunto shall I liken the kingdom of God? It is like leaven, 
which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was what? Leavened. Here's another example. I think that these tie together. I'll show you why. We're going to go to verse 35. Here's the third thing. So the first thing was what? A mustard what? Seed. The second thing was a what? Leaven. Second thing was leaven or whatever your translation is saying. You get the point. The third thing, verse 22, and he went through the cities and villages teaching and journeying towards Jerusalem. Right? And he said unto him, Lord, are there, what's it say? Few that be saved. Think about this context. They're thinking, set up your kingdom. Do your thing. How many people are going to come into this kingdom with you? They didn't quite understand it. We know that. We've seen that in other passages as we've studied the book of Luke. But we understand it. Now we're seeing the context come to light that we are in the church age. We are to be witnessing and winning. Now we're seeing, right, literally what we talked about last week come to fruition here in the text. Are there few that shall be saved? And he said unto them, Strive. Don't miss that word. Strive to enter in at the straight gate. That word straight means narrow. Okay. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall what? Not be able. When once the master of the house is risen up and hath shut the door, and ye began to stand without and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. And he shall answer and say unto you, read it with me, I know you not whence ye are. Oof. Let's go, let's go to 35. Then shall ye begin to say, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence ye are. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When ye shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, right? Remember the beginning context? What's the kingdom of God like? We're still talking about the kingdom of God. And you yourselves thrust out. And they shall come from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south and shall sit down in the kingdom of God. And behold, there are last which shall be first, and there are first which shall be last. Hmm. Stop right there. I hope that we're all going to enter into the kingdom of God. I hope that we'll all be able to enter into that narrow gate. Let's talk more about these three things that Jesus brings up. Every head bowed, let's, let's have a word of prayer. Pray that your heart would be open today and that the Holy Spirit would work through this message and through his word. Father God, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. Father, we know that your word is not going to return void. I pray, Father, that it would bear fruit today in our hearts and in our lives. And that, Father, we would be prepared. We would be workers in your kingdom even now. As we pray, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. We're praying kingdom resources into our lives right now. And Father, through this text, I pray that you would just give us instruction. Give us what we need from these examples. In Jesus' name, amen. So the title of the message today is Sustained Growth. Sustained Growth. We talked about what fruit last week, and we defined that fruit. And so coming into this text, he's going to give three things. And I'm going to say three, even though it's a little disjointed with the gate. I think you'll understand why we 
uh, bring that together as these three things that we're going to talk about that will give us sustained growth. If he talks about, hey, you're the tree, you need to be producing fruit in this church age, then he's not going to leave us high and dry. He's not going to say, all right, you're going to grow and I'm going to be back in a year and you better have fruit on that tree and walk off. That's not what he does. He gives us the next part as they're discussing, as the disciples are moving about, uh, you know, Southwest Airlines, it's now time to move about the counties and win people uh, as they work their way to Jerusalem. The point is, he is teaching them. He is training them. He is saying, this is how you have sustained growth, okay? So he's not going to leave us in the dark, so to speak. So hopefully you are in a position, in a place, in your heart, in your mind, in your spiritual life where you're like, I want to produce fruit. And if you're not someone who's thinking that way, then chances are you're on the outside of the gate. You haven't come in yet. You haven't entered into the narrow gate. And, and that's okay. I pray for you that you'll be able to enter into that uh, narrow gate even today. That you'll be able to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. The Master of the house, He will welcome you in. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So if that's you today, and you're not on the side of the kingdom where you're trying to grow, but you're literally going, what kingdom? That's Jesus Christ dying to pay for your soul and mine, wanting you a part of the kingdom, adopting us in as sons and daughters into his kingdom, and and we will forever reign with him. We will forever be in eternity in that eternal kingdom. But the thing is, is if you haven't put your faith and trust the beginning stage of that in Jesus Christ, which is what he was saying to the Pharisees, over and over we've had dialogue in the book of Luke, have we not? between him and the Pharisees. And he's saying, don't attach yourself to a prayer. Don't attach yourself to a system of good works that you are trying to put your faith in to get you into the kingdom because you're attaching things to yourself. And we'll get to this in a minute that will not allow you to enter into the narrow gate. Okay? So, what large in part, the message today is for those of you that have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Those of you that are in the position of that tree and maybe you uh, have not borne much fruit. How many of you as Christians can be honest uh, just before God and say, I haven't produced as much fruit as I'd like in my life. How many of you would be? Awesome. So let's take these three things and I'm going to give you super practical points. You okay with that? This isn't like deep theological plotting. I'm going to talk to you about these three things, and I'm going to try to help you to have sustained growth because I think there are some incredibly practical points within these three parables, these three stories that he gives that are, I mean, it should hit home with us so that we're able to have sustained growth in our lives. Let's just make sure we all want sustained spiritual growth in our lives, right? Is that what we want? We all want to produce that in our lives. Okay, awesome. Let's look at the mustard seed, the first thing. Go to verse 18. Verse 18, the kingdom of God. What is it like? What's it resemble? Verse 19. It's like a grain of mustard seed which a man took and cast into the garden, and it grew and waxed into a great what? A great tree. Here's what I'm going to talk about on, on this level of the... The mustard seed. This is so applicable for 2019. Here it is, number one. Providence over prejudice. Providence over prejudice. What makes the mustard seed so important? Well, and, and this is where the scoffers and the critics, 
The mustard seed is not the smallest seed because there are other parts in the gospel where it says it is. The context is that it is the smallest seed that is planted. It is the smallest seed that is worked with. It's not the smallest seed. The Bible says that. That's not the point. Jesus is saying that within farming, within this culture, within this region, the smallest seed that you're going to work with is the mustard seed. And it is going to grow and produce things. So his point is that the kingdom of God is like unto. So something that will be global starts very what? Small. And the point here, look at the text, verse 19. The grain of mustard seed which man took and cast into the garden and it grew, watch this, and waxed a great tree and of the fowls of the air lodged what? In the branches of it. I was like, why are we talking about the fowls chilling in the branches? We were talking about what last week? Fruit. Is that my phone? I'm sorry. This is the dimmer switch. I forgot to put it on silent. Excuse me. It's on silent. Who's texting me out here? Let's see if Pastor Matt put his phone on silent. (laughs) I see you, Broccoli Rob. (laughs) (laughs) here's the thing we were just talking about what matters is growth this is a perfect example of us focusing on things and getting hyper focused on them when God says chill and let me do the work I know that you're I know that you're scared. The kingdom of God, like, I mean, we got to grow fruit. And you know what I'm saying? If you're people like, per- people like me, my personality, I'm like trying to grow fruit. I'm going to talk to everybody. I'm, I'm just going to stress about it. I mean, we, want, we need people in pews. You know what I'm saying? God, am I doing okay? Tell me now. Am I doing it? Am I growing something? I'm going to wake up tomorrow. And, you know, it's like you, you, <laughs> my daughter, we go to Tennessee. My dad grows this huge garden every year. Tills it up, works at old school, plants the seed. Well, when we go down, he's like, all right, Randy, let's plant something. And he plants, uh, he planted watermelon seeds with her the last time we were there. And then he sends her pictures as it progresses. Look, this is what we planted. This is what we planted. But Randy, you understand what I'm saying? It's like planting it in a cup and like standing there. (laughs) Is it growing yet, dad? Is it growing yet? It's growing. (laughs) I'm literally going to throw that thing out of here. But as a child, right? We just, we want it to grow. And so, I love this story right after saying, listen, yo, if you're tree and bring it forth fruit, we're going to snatch that thing up out of the ground. We're going to put somebody else in its place. Mm, for some of us, anxious, anxious. And the first story he says is like, it's, here's what it's like. It's like the smallest seed, but it becomes this huge tree big enough that the fowls of the air are what? Resting in it. And I thought, why is he talking about that? I know why. The fowls literally have nothing to do with that fruit. They have nothing to do with that tree. They're not physically a part of it. But they are benefiting from the growth of that seed. Here's the problem. We have prejudice over providence. We have what we think the kingdom of God should look like. And so therefore, we control who comes into that ecosystem of the kingdom in our life when God says, listen, 
I am going to be like the smallest seed planted and it is going to grow. It is going to produce in your life. And there are people that I have planned to come and rest into the tree that has become in your life. And you're not even going to, they're not even going to have really anything to do with you, but they're going to benefit from the work of God that's happening in your life. Listen, providence over prejudice. Look at this, the first thing here. Is there anyone that you are not wanting to see come to Christ? I mean, we're talking about sustained growth here. We're talking about, are you going to be here in a year? We're talking about the kingdom of God in your life. Is it going to reproduce? Are you going to have fruits of the Spirit that produce? Well, in order to have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, you have to let go and have providence over prejudice. This is a kingdom work in your life. And unfortunately, many Christians take control over a kingdom work. Well, then it becomes an earthly kingdom work. It becomes your work. Listen, it's like a mustard seed that's planted, grows into this huge thing that you couldn't even imagine, and literally the birds are nesting in this tree. Literally, people are benefiting from this work outside of what you would have thought originally. Is there anyone that you are not wanting to see? Let's let's get those birds out of here. Those birds, they're not contributing to the growth. They're hurting the tree. They're pulling it off. It's all a part of the process. It's a part of providence, not prejudice. So let me ask you, remember I told you this is going to be super practical today. Very practical. The kingdom of God in your life, let me ask you this question. Is there someone, anyone, that you're not wanting to see come to Christ? That's a surefire sign that you're not going to grow. It's not going to be sustained. The second thing, if you are growing, then be willing to help those that are in need of what you have, but are not to the point of becoming that themselves. If you are growing the mustard seed that grows into a tree, then be willing to help those that are in need of what you have, but are not at the point or to the point of becoming that themselves. The kingdom of God is like this mustard, this tiny little thing that grows in this great tree, and the birds come and rest in it. Well, she's, she ain't never coming to church. I can just tell you that right now. I had somebody ask me, why do you always do a southern accent when you go to that voice? I am from the south. I think that's why I go there. <laughs> that's, anyway. Maybe I'll work on a couple other voices. Appreciate that, Mr. Dave. I just, I don't see it. I don't see it. Church, it's okay. If the kingdom of God is working in your life, you got birds in your tree. There are people that are outside of the ecosystem that are benefiting from what you have. I just, that was supposed to be my promotion. I just can't believe it. There... That was my blessing. (laughs) The kingdom of God, it's okay with birds taking nests in your tree. It's okay with people that are different than you receiving benefits of what you have because God gave it to you. Providence over prejudice. This is not popular. Y'all are like, "Mm mm-mm. Why don't we get back to that love, joy, peace stuff? I'm all over that, Pastor Matt. I'll be growing all kinds of fruits of the Spirit. You're growing them for what? (gasps) 
for a work that you're not ready for. For a work that you're not prepared to happen in your life. I don't like those people. They're not my color. They're not my kind. (laughs) Uh, Neither is the kingdom of God for you then. You're not his kind. You're not his color. Let me just help you with that. If you see something that is exactly like you and that's what you want to work with and work to, that's not the kingdom of God. You have now fabricated something. You now have your own laboratory. Amy, we can work on this. We have our own laboratory that we can just come up and grow things like however we want. Anybody want that corn? What is it, genetically GMO? I want that non-GMO stuff. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to Costco, and Molicious is going to be right next to me telling me all the things that I need to buy that are organic, natural, non-GMO. I want that junk. Give me the good stuff. But some of y'all, I'm telling you, y'all are some MSG sucking. (laughs) I'm saying it. Look at you. (laughs) Providence over prejudice. Let's get back to letting God do a work. Get that bird up out of my tree. Mm. There's a bird feeder over there, bird. Do I look like a bird feeder? I don't think so. I am a mustard seed. I grow things that make mustard. (laughs) Take your little bird over there to the bird feeder and then over there to the bird bath. Y'all dirty animals, I don't want you up in my tree. The kingdom of heaven is cool with people resting in the branches. Is that applicable or not? I mean, come on. Let's stay focused, Pastor Matt, on uh, fruits and uh, the things that, how we win people to Jesus. I've got three or four on the line. What do they look like? Just like me. (laughs) And in my heart, I'm like, that's a social club. That ain't church. I just want, you know, I just want it to look a certain way. I get it. I understand. I get it. But we have to fight it. We have to fight that. Because the kingdom of heaven is cool with having birds come rest in our branches. I think you get what I'm trying to say. 1 Corinthians 9, 21 through 23. To them that are without the law, being not without the law to God, but under the law to Christ, Understand the context that Paul was in when he wrote this. He's dealing with people that were different. And the church of Corinth, I mean, they were like eating meat offered to idols. And the, the typical Jew was over there going, what are you doing with that? And they're like, yo, chill. This is like prime rib, know what I'm saying? You want peace? No, get away from that. And Paul was like, okay, let's put some loose parameters around the church of Corinth. We'll make some exceptions. Uh, Let's just not eat it if it's been strangled or if it's still bloody. That's literally what he said. Read the book. It's hilarious. And they're like, okay. And he's like, okay, guys. I ain't got time to get into all that. They were different. And he was okay with them being different. And listen to this text. To the weak became I as weak that I might gain the weak. I have made all things to all men that I might by all means save what? Some. And this I do for the what? I do it for social sake. I do it because I just love people and I am just an agent of the Lord. 
No. You do it for the gospel's sake. This ain't about you. It's about Him. I'm going to do it for the gospel's sake that I might be a partaker thereof with you. Who do we need to break bread with this week that we wouldn't have broken bread with last week? Sustained growth. Number two, the leaven. What what about the leaven? Here's what I'm going to say about that. Perspective over perception. The first one was providence over what? Prejudice. Y'all ain't listening. The first one was providence over what? Prejudice. The second one is perspective over perception. What is leaven? Anybody know? Yeast. What happens? You put a little bit in the what? Y'all... Some, some of you ladies need to tell me how this thing works. I don't know. I don't cook. <laughs> my wife, my favorite cake is carrot cake, and she made a carrot cake from scratch for my birthday yesterday. I'm trying to tell y'all, stop by. I'll cut it up. I mean, we got cake out in the lobby, but we really got cake at the house. You know what I'm saying? It is cake. I love carrot cake. I don't like carrots, but I like carrot cake. Take those same carrots and cover them in sugar and frosting and all that good stuff, and I'm like, I'm in. I'm totally in. But anyway, it was really good. But my, my point is, is if we're trying, isn't it when you make bread, y'all help me out, right? When we have Lord's Supper, how big's the communion bread? It's like that, right? Why? It's unleavened. There's nothing in it that will make it rise. But the point about this, this thing here is what Jesus is saying is it's the kingdom of God is like leaven, which I, I find that me and my father-in-law were talking. I almost forgot. This is my father-in-law. This is Steve. And my mother-in-law, Dini. Say hi to him. Hey. All right, cool, yeah. I, I almost forgot. Two weeks in a row. Anyway, that's, that's some of my family there. But we were talking about this last night. And it's like, I, this isn't in my message, but isn't it interesting that leaven was a picture of what? Sin. Leaven's a picture of sin most of the time. Like, isn't that interesting? And Jesus flips it on his head and says, you thought leaven was a picture of sin. Guess what? The kingdom of God is like that. The kingdom of God is the same way. The same way sin works in your life, the kingdom of God will work that way in your life. It starts small. Just like when you give in to sin, when you give in to those little things, it starts with those little temptations. And what happens? A year later, you're an alcoholic. A year or six months later, you're a drug addict. Why? Because you gave in. Why? Because you said, I'm alright with just a little. You play with control. Oh, I can control it. I got this. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna stay on this for just a little bit. I promise I won't get any more than that. It's just one text. It's just one message. It's just one picture. It'll stay just right there. Your little pet sin. And before you know it, that thing is a full grown pit bull and it just bit off half your leg. That's how sin works. So Jesus flips it. We're not even talking, that was just free. <laughs> he flips it and says, that's what the kingdom of God is like. So I think like it's about perception. I'm sorry. It's about perspective over perception. Here's, here's what I mean. Number one, if we have the right perspective, it will help us be encouraged when we are facing something that seems out of our control. Son. So here's what I'm going to liken it unto. Leaven is like suffering. In the kingdom of God, what seems bad is going to balloon into something good. 
I'm going I'm to keep the right perspective. I, I'm, I'm just going to control my perspective over the perception. How, how would Job have done if his perception of how his life was going was the meter of his spiritual life? If you were to look into Job's life and, and perceive how he was doing spiritually, what would you have thought? He's a sinner. It's all going wrong. It's no good. That's your perception. But the perspective, like the kingdom of God is, it's going to happen. That bread is going to be good. The waters may taste bitter now, but let me tell you, it's going to be sweeter than honey when He comes back. The kingdom of God is something that will be special one day if you can endure right now with the right perspective. Here's the text, John 16, 33. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So right now in your moment, in your moment, if we have the right perspective, it will help us be encouraged when we are facing something that seems out of our control. This leaven's causing things to rise. It's making things happen. It's just how it works. You know what? That's how God uses suffering. But unfortunately, we're not mature enough to have sustained growth through suffering as Christians. We abandoned because what are other people going to think about us? They're going to think that I caused this on myself. Can we as Christians, can we as Christians keep the right perspective? God is going to use bad things in your life for His good. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Why do we struggle with this so much? The kingdom of God is like unto leaven. Crazy things are going to happen. Tribulations are going to happen. I think this is in context. It is according to John 16.33. Crazy things are going to happen. And listen, church, He is going to use that for His good. He's overcome that very thing that is out of control in your life. You know what? I'm looking at broken people. Because I'm broken. We're all broken. We all have issues. We all have problems in our life. God is working those things for His good. To them that love God, to them that are the called according to His purpose, it's about perspective. How are you going to wake up tomorrow and deal with this, this thing that's happening in your life? Hey, the kingdom of God says, I'm going to keep the right perspective. I'm not concerned with the perception of what this thing is. The kingdom of God says, I'm just going to have the right perspective. How many of you just, in your life right now, there is just something that is just out of your control? It's just out of your control? Yeah. Hey, it ain't out of His. It ain't out of His control. He loves you so much. Do you need me to remind you of that this morning? Be of good, John 16, 33, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. How about another one? Greater is he that is... That's like that leaven piece. It's, uh, this is my favorite joke. It's like ravioli. It's in there. <laughs> the best part is on the inside. Just, oh my goodness gracious, I went to Vinny's that one time. What was that, like seven years ago, babe? It was heart-shaped ravioli, Valentine's Day, like the one time I actually took you out for Valentine's Day. And there was crab meat on the inside of that thing. I was like, oh my goodness, 
I took a lap around the restaurant. It was so good. I was like, woo! The guy was playing the piano. I didn't have wine, promise. <laughs> Wasn't drinking back then. But anyway, the point is, is he's playing at the piano at Vinny's, and I'm over there, and I cut into that thing, and I'm like, there's crab inside this ravioli. I was high-fiving everybody in the restaurant. Just kidding, that didn't happen. In my mind. <laughs> but I get really excited about what's in it. The kingdom of heaven is like that. I have the right perspective. I'm really going to enjoy this one day. God forbid a health problem come into your life. I don't know. How, sometimes I'm just like my sister. I don't know how she does it. How do you control the perception of a chronic illness in your child? Hey, Matt, it's all about perspective. God's using this for his good. God's given her grace to deal with that. Hey, let me ask you the question. This is sustained growth. Are you going to be here in a year? You don't know what's around the corner. I'll tell you this. I'll make you this promise. Whatever's around the corner, I'll love you through it. I'm here for you and with you. I want to help you keep the right perspective. The supernatural will always trump the natural cause and effect. The supernatural. You think that that thing that's happening in your life is going to produce sorrow? Is going to produce... You think that health problem is going to wreck you? You'd be surprised if you let the Holy Spirit of God work through that thing. It will overcome. I just think our expectations screw us up. You understand what I'm saying? Perspective over perception. Don't let your eyes tell the story that only the heart can rightfully define. Oh, that's so good. You need to tweet that ten times. Don't let your eyes tell the story that only your heart can rightfully define. I feel like we see this crazy thing in our lives and we get scared. Peter, Peter, look at me. I'm sinking, Jesus. Jesus, it's, it's the storm and it's out of control. I'm sinking right here and Jesus is walking on water. Walking on water. He can perform miracles. The supernatural will always trump the natural cause and effect. But what is our tendency? Oh, the storm. Mm-hmm. I was going over the Bay Bridge yesterday and, and my palms get sweaty. <laughs> Anybody else get like that a little bit? I'm like, oh, <laughs> a little scared. Don't look down. I don't tell my wife that. I just admitted it. She was actually saying she was scared, and I was like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I was like two-handing that thing all the way across the... I was like, scared. <laughs> I always envision the worst. Our eyes will tell a story, but we have to let our spiritual heart define it. Our physical heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Satan will always lie to you. But if we look through the eyes of faith and we know that greater is he that's in there... Those, that heart, that spiritual heart, that renewed inward man will rightfully define suffering in your life. I'm just trying to help you be sustained here. The third thing, third and final, the gate. The gate. And this is where I would ask you to transition the message here. It's kind of like Noah's Ark, right? Everybody made fun of Noah until it started what? Mm-hmm. It had never rained before. Jesus has never come. Right now, you're believing through the eyes of faith that he's going to do what he said he is going to do. So just like in the days of Noah, how the world was wicked, and he was building a boat because that's what God commanded him to do. When God shut the door and it began to rain, everybody wanted in. But there was only one way on. 
and one way off. The gate. The gate, the Bible says, is straight. That means in the Greek, narrow. It's narrow. Here's the first thing about the gate that you need to understand. Maybe you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. Maybe you're not a part of the kingdom of God. Or maybe you think you are. The first thing, you can't bring things with you. The opening, watch this, church, is very important. The opening of the gate. Why, why is it narrow? Why will many not enter? The only reason I could think about why someone wouldn't go through the gate is because they couldn't what? Let go. Let go which means they can't what? They can't fit through the gate. Why will, I read this story and I'm like, oh my goodness gracious. Why don't you go through the gate? What in heaven's name could be worth dying and burning? I mean, did you read it with me? Weeping, wailing, gnashing of teeth? Like, that sounds like a really good depiction of what? Hell. What in heaven's name is worth dying and burning in hell for forever? Because that's the opposite of the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God, happy, Abraham, Isaac, right? That's what the text was saying. But you're not going to experience that with them. You're going to be in hell for all eternity. Why are people outside of the gate and not coming in? I would be like, shoot, admit one. (laughs) Get me up in the house, quickly. Why? Because in the days of Noah, I know what happened. As soon as that door slammed shut, it began to what? Rain. His return is imminent. I don't know how many more ways I can say this. Jesus is coming back. You're either in the house or you're not. If you're not in the house, you're outside. And when the good master gets up and shuts the door, guess what? You're not what? You ain't getting in. He's going to be like, I don't know you. Security closed. The only way I can tell you is the reason why people don't go in is because you can't bring things with you. Whatever you think is getting you to heaven, whatever you think is getting you to the kingdom, you got to leave it behind. Old song. Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. Just come to the well. And all who thirst will thirst no more. And all who search will find what your soul longs for. The world will try, but it can never fill. Leave it all behind and come to the well. That's the straight gate. You can't bring things with you. I got pride. I can do this. Leave it behind. I got riches. Remember, it's easier for a what? A camel to fit through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to go through that gate. Why? He's got a what? I got all this stuff. I'm going to get through. (laughs) You get the visual? You can't get nothing through it. Second thing. You can't have the same experience inside the gate as out. I'm in the gate. I'm going to live the way I want to live. <laughs> Security. <Whew. laughs> I'm not saying you can lose your salvation, but you know what I'm saying. Some of y'all say you got something, and I'm like, you ain't got nothing. You're living the same way. You come in the gate, change. You come in it different. You ain't bringing nothing with you, and you're there not for you, but for whoever's in that house. Ain't nobody out here worth going to hell for. 
You can't have the same experience inside the gate as out. The experience is a new experience. And they that be in Christ are new creatures. The third thing, entering into the kingdom is about a relationship, not an acquaintance. You want sustained growth? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I go to church. You do? Oh, that's neat. <laughs> what kind of church you go to? <laughs> One where I do whatever I want. It's pretty cool, isn't it? That sounds like a really big gate. It's, I mean, I'm not even sure there's a gate around that church. <laughs> sounds like kind of an open kind of thing. Like a, an open situation going on there. Some people, I'm just like, mind blown. You're a Christian? You, excuse me? This is a narrow gate. And I'm going to tell you something. You better go through it. You better face the music right now and say, I can't take that with, I can't physically fit into the kingdom of God with my works. I can't physically fit into it with my old lifestyle. I choose Jesus. I just want to go through the gate. Just me. And you know what? Jesus loves you just the way you are. He just wants to take who? You. He don't need all your stuff. He's already paid the way. He's taking care of all that. You can lay a burden as a burden because it's bad. I feel like we think we're living a good life indebted to our sin. Some of y'all, it's like, I'm just trying to be real with you. Y'all okay with that? Can I be real with you a little bit? You're carrying around your sin. You understand? You're carrying around. You can't go through the gate with that. And Jesus is saying, why are you feeling all the weight of your sin? I paid for that burden so that we can put it down. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe today will be the first time in your life that you lay the burden down. That you put a bigger priority on your salvation, your entering into the kingdom of God, than all the things that you have with you. If you're sitting here today and you say, Pastor Matt, I've never walked through the gate. If I died, I don't know 100% sure that I'd go to heaven. No one's looking but me. Slip up your hand and put it down. If I died, I don't know 100% sure that I would go to heaven. Slip up your hand and put it down. I want to pray for you. If that's you, if that defines you, just raise your hand, slip it up. All right, by our testimony, everyone here is saved. If that's the case, then Matthew 6.33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Let's seek the kingdom first. Let's take providence over prejudice. Let's have the right perspective towards things that are happening in our life over the perception. The gate is this. Promise over products. I would rather take God's promise any day of his kingdom than any product that Satan will offer me. Here's two questions for you and I'm done. The first question is this. Which one of these parables is most helpful for you? Which one of these parables, which one of these stories will help sustain your growth? Is it the mustard seed? Do you need to be a little bit more open with what God is doing in your life? Is it the leaven? 
Are there things in your life that are out of your control? It's okay. They're not out of his. Is it the gate? Are you trying to hold on to something? Or maybe you've walked through the gate and you're letting the devil use regret. Maybe you're inside the house and you think that there's something outside that's going to give you more joy than what you got in your relationship with Jesus. I'd say you're taking products over promise. That's a problem. So the first question is this, for you to do some heart work this morning. Number one, which one of these parables is most helpful? Number two, which one do you think you needed the most? Answer that question this morning. Just pray right there in your seat. Father God, help me. Help me to grow.